This episode is brought to you by my annual mobile event workshop, which is coming up May 24th. And if you're listening to this episode well after it's released, that's okay. You can get on the wait list for the next one. So if you're planning to launch a new mobile event business, whether that's soft play rentals, balloon art, or anything in the mobile event realm, I want to personally invite you to join me on May 24th. Head to the show notes for all the details. This year, there are two convenient times to choose from. And when you sign up, you will get instant access to my mobile event business plan. You can download and edit to fit your business and much more. I will see you May 24th for this annual 90-minute virtual workshop that will give you all the details you need to get started, including business formation, legalities, accepting bookings and payments, ordering equipment, all of that is covered. Plus, at the end of the workshop, I stick around to answer any questions you may have. So head to the show notes to save your spot now, and I will see you there. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. Hello, playmakers. All right. So one of the most common topics that I get asked about, whether it's in a free class or a workshop or in Playmaker Society, revolves around the discussion of waivers and liability and what to do if something happens, if somebody gets injured, whether it be an employee or a customer and things like that. So while this is another episode that isn't necessarily directly tied to your business's profitability, it can certainly save you financially if you take these few steps in helping your indoor playground or play cafe prepare for emergencies. Now, I just want to put a couple disclaimers out there. I am not a lawyer. I'm not an insurance agent. I really want you to take this episode as a launch pad. And I want you to take these tips and really do a deep dive on them. So I'm going to give you my tips speaking from experience, but this is really your call to action to review all of your documentation, to review all of your procedures, maybe have your manager do a walkthrough of your space because it can really help you in the long run. So again, just use this episode as a starting point to have a deeper conversation perhaps with your insurance agent or a lawyer or your manager or things like that. Because these days, especially if you're in the U.S., even minor injuries like a finger jam or a slip and fall can really have devastating effects on your small business. And the recreational aspect of an indoor playground makes us in this industry especially vulnerable to injuries, lawsuits, disgruntled customers, all of that stuff. And one of the biggest misconceptions in our industry, which I just made a TikTok about, is that waivers remove all of our liability as business owners because a customer is saying, oh, we're not responsible. So that means we're not responsible, right? But it's just that, a misconception. Now, most seasoned indoor playground owners will know this, but for anybody that is just venturing out in this industry, please, again, if you're distracted, come back to me. This is a misconception. 
waivers are really more meant to reduce the probability that customers will bring up a lawsuit should something happen. Again, it's I don't like to use the term scare tactic, but that's exactly what my lawyer used to refer to them as. Because most customers will assume that because they signed away, quote unquote, their or because they signed a waiver that automatically removes the business's liability and makes someone 100% responsible. So again, a lot of times, especially if it's something minor like a broken finger or something like that, a lot of times parents won't hire a lawyer and they'll just assume, well, I'm responsible because I signed a waiver. But in fact, that is not the case. And nine times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10, you as a business owner will still be liable for something that happens in your facility. Now, of course, this is exactly why we have business liability insurance. However, and this has been something that I've personally gone through, if you are found negligent or anything like that in any way if something happens, your insurance could not pay. And again, this is something that you really want to review with your insurance agent and your lawyer, but For example, one time somebody slipped and fell in our facility. And the first thing that our insurance agent wanted to know was, is there video? I said, yes, there's video. And they really went through it with a fine tooth comb to see if there was a rug that was upturned, if there was a spill that an employee had failed to clean up, if there was any way that they could get out of paying this particular customer for their injuries. Now, this never actually turned into a lawsuit for a handful of reasons. Like, for example, this person never sought medical attention and things like that. So we ended up being really lucky and that this person wasn't seriously injured. Of course, we never want to see anybody hurt in any way, especially in our facility. But also we were lucky in that nothing that we did as a business, whether it be neglecting to fix that rug or clean up a spill or something like that, nothing that we did or nothing that we could have done would have present prevented this particular fall. She literally just tripped over her own two feet. So again, it ended up working out in the end. But what a lot of people don't realize is that if you are neglectful as a business, whether it's you or your manager, your insurance may not pay for this mistake. And you could be found liable. Your business may have to close. You could be forced into bankruptcy all of these things. Again, this is not legal advice. This is just speaking from my experience, my conversations with my insurance agent, my lawyer, and other indoor playground owners. So I am just going to give you a few quick tips, which again, should serve as a starting point for you to do a deeper dive into your own systems. Because Remaining prepared during any sort of physical or personal injury emergency should be self-explanatory, but It's unfortunately one of those things that we all think is never going to happen to us until it does. So I really want to urge you to not put this on the back burner to really tackle this head on today. So I'm going to lay out exactly what we did so that our indoor playground facility was as safe as possible, right? Because we can't prevent everything, but we do want to make sure that we are as prepared as possible for emergencies and specifically customer injuries. And I want to share, again, these following five tips so you can do the same. All right, tip number one, have a lawyer review all documentation. So make sure you have a lawyer on your side in your business that will ensure that you have the proper coverage, not just what your lease requires in terms of insurance 
and in proper amounts because a lot of times our lease requires the bare minimum for business liability and for a recreational type facility like an indoor playground, this may not be enough. So this is something that you should be reviewing based on your business revenue and your traffic every single year. I also want you to ensure that you have all the proper signage and that you and your team know how to use it. So for example, if and when to put a wet floor sign out and really make sure no stones are left unturned here. It may be an investment upfront to invest in these signs and to go through your training procedures, but it could save you or your livelihood in the long run and not to mention your peace of mind. Proper signage also helps to educate and warn customers of potential hazards and is always beneficial to have. So for example, in all of our play spaces, we had to add pretty clear large signage that if adults were in the playhouses, they could bump their head and you know that could potentially cause injury. So there was a sign, there was a note in our waiver that adults were not recommended to use our playhouses, all of these things. And this is going to be different for every single business. So this is something, again, that I want you to go through with your insurance agent because they should have a list of all of your equipment. And I want you to have a lawyer do a check. All right, tip number two, make sure all repairs are always taken care of in a timely manner. If something breaks or needs a repair, like a floor panel or a toy, owners will often continue to put it off until someone gets injured or until you receive enough complaints. And you will likely find in your insurance policy and your lawyer will tell you that if you fail to make repairs or fail to provide a safe environment for your employees or your customers, or like I said at the beginning of this episode, if they find that an injury could have been prevented by you or your staff, it usually does not end well for you as the owner. So prioritize repairs and be sure your building is up to all legal and safety codes of your state and county. Now, this is a difficult one for us because if something breaks, there's usually a lag between when it breaks and when a replacement item comes. And we are continually learning in this regard and striving each day to ensure that we're always handling processes in the best and safest way possible for our customers. So again, this is a very common topic amongst the owners in Playmaker Society. All you can do is your best, and if a toy or anything like that is broken, just remove it from the floor until a replacement can come. And if it's something in your building that needs repair, make sure you always have proper signage to warn people and make sure your employees are well aware of the issue, whether it's a nail sticking out of the floor or a wire exposed, anything like that. All right, that brings us to tip number three, have a first aid kit and know how to use it. There are some great kits on Amazon with the essentials like band-aids, gauze, antibacterial wipes, and more, but consider some enhancements to these base packages. For example, I always have single-use ice packs on hand, which honestly we used really frequently. Parents always appreciated how quickly they turn cold. All you have to do is shake them up a little bit, and they can take them home if needed because they're disposable single-use, which is really helpful for us. So make a list of the common things that you may use and add them to your first aid kit and make sure all of your employees know exactly where everything is. All right, tip number four, documentation is key. So after any medical attention is given, be sure to document the entire incident 
and save any recordings you have of the incident. So have accident reports available, which can be found online or produced by an attorney. And I have ours available for Playmaker Society members. But many times when your insurance carrier is contacted with a claim, they will try and gather all of this information to decide how to handle it. So they'll gather information from you, whether it's recordings, incident reports, things like that. They'll gather information from the customer and they, again, it will help them decide how to move forward with the claim. So Again, always have a full video surveillance system so that you can not only verify any claims, but also learn of things that could pose a potential hazard, I mean, by understanding visually how an incident occurred so that it can be easier to fix. So for example, we used to have a rug that was constantly upturned and our staff would say, Michelle, it feels like people are always tripping over this. So all I had to do is go back to our tapes, look at it. And I said, oh, you know what? That is sticking up. We need to move that rug or we need to have Sintas, which is who was bringing these clean rugs to us. We need to have them fix it because this is a real hazard. So we started adding tape to the bottoms of our rugs and things like that. But I would have never visually been able to understand what exactly was going on or how to fix it had I not had this visual. And if somebody were to fall and get hurt as a result of this, again, all of this evidence is going to be used by your insurance agent and your lawyer. So it's always best to have it. And then number five, follow-up is important. So if a child gets a small head bump, you can probably help the parents comfort them at the scene and let it go. However, if a child or adult gets injured and may need medical attention, always follow up with them if you feel necessary, as long as your lawyer says it's okay. So our lawyer would always say, you know, it's okay to check in. It's okay to give a call. Just never say, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. Never admit fault, things like that. And it's always best to call in these situations and not write an email or anything like that. Because again, especially if you're in the U.S., Things like this can get used against you. That is just the ugly truth of owning a business in this industry. So it's okay to follow up, but check with your lawyer or insurance agent if you feel like you need to. And I always recommend self-reporting as well. So for example, if a customer were to report an injury to your insurance agent, that usually doesn't look very good on your end. However, if you call your insurance agent and self-report saying, hey, you know what? I don't know if this is going to turn into anything, but you know, here's this incident report. Here's this video footage. I'm just giving it to you in the event that this ends up turning into a lawsuit or anything like that. That usually gives them time to prepare, and it usually ends up working out better for you in the long run because, again, they know better how to respond. And we also have to forget, this is another ugly truth, is that all of these businesses that we work with, all of our vendors, yes, they may care about us, but they're always going to be looking out for their best interest in the end. So in this case, the insurance company is always going to look to pay as little as possible, and they're going to be looking out for their best interest. So we always want to make sure to get in front of it and get any advice from our lawyer or insurance agent whenever possible so that we can really get ahead of any issues before the customer brings it to them. And again, even if these customers have no intention of filing a claim, sometimes it's just a nice touch to check in on them and make sure they're okay. Again, I would recommend calling in the situation based on personal experience. And 
One more tip is that we always had a panic button under our counter right at the front of our entrance. So if pressed, it triggered a silent alarm and the police came right away. So although it's meant for robberies, we also used it for other emergencies. So for example, one time a child had a seizure and we were able to get medical attention really quickly. So of course, in that situation, we also had to call for an ambulance, not just the police, but having multiple first responders on scene really helped in terms of getting that child to the hospital as quickly as possible because they were to they were able to receive even more of an escort above and beyond their normal emergency lights because the police were there. So it's never going to hurt in emergency situations to have something like that installed. So at the end of the day, preparation for even the tiniest emergency is absolutely key. So again, even paper cuts, head bumps, things like that, we're not just talking about life-threatening injuries here. You always want to make sure both yourself and your staff are prepared in the event of any incident happening in your indoor playground facility, not just for liability, not just for your financial sake, but also for customer service sake and to make sure people feel safe in your facility because that's going to lead to better word of mouth. It's going to lead to more memberships and better relationships with your customers and that's going to allow you to continue creating a positive impact in your community because you don't want your customer left with an injured child while an employee tries to get you on the phone to handle the situation. This is where you really need to empower your staff with proper procedures and proper, proper equipment so that you don't always need to be looped in before the next step is taken because that is never going to result in a positive outcome for you or your business. So again, this is just a starting point, but your play of the day is to take these quick five tips and do a little audit of your facility. See if there are any repairs that need to be prioritized. See if there are any toys that need to be either replaced or removed from the floor. Ask your staff if there are any common things that they see, whether it's people tripping over a rug or whether it's an employee constantly bumping their head or maybe receiving slight burns from a procedure that may not be um, completely adequate for them. Maybe you need enhanced safety, safety measures, but your play of the day is to do a quick audit and then put on your calendar to do a more full and extensive audit, maybe with your lawyer or an insurance agent and your manager so that everybody is on the same page. And I promise you, you will sleep better at night and you will be more protected in the long run because nothing can shut down an indoor playground business faster than an injury, even a non-critical one. All right, I know this episode was kind of a downer, but thank you so much for listening. If you found any of the, these tips helpful, the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. I appreciate it so much. And it helps me get these tips into the earbuds of other indoor playground owners who need them. So thank you so much. I will see you right back here tomorrow with another tip. And I promise it's going to be a little bit more cheerful and uplifting. Have a great day, guys.